rather just kind of talk to you this morning. Is that okay? Um, really, more than that, I think I might even want to talk with you. I will tell you this before I get over to what I want to talk. What I really want to talk about in my notes this morning: um, church culture at large has got to become more dialogue than monologue. Which is to say, I believe that there will always be a need and a time uh, for a preacher to preach because the Bible says, how can they believe except they hear? How can they hear except there be a preacher? So I believe in that. Um, but I'm not necessarily sure that our mode of church uh, in just having a Sunday service where there's a monologue for 45 minutes is going is to be able to maintain uh, through the generations to come. There's going to have to be some dialogue. And uh, the early church, the way they did it was they all came together and they shared the good things that God had been doing in and among them, and I believe in that. And so we have some groups here that are house church groups, and I love them. And we've, uh, we've talked to Canby about getting ready to launch our uh, small groups and, uh, and training those that want to be a part of that and making sure that we have a place for everybody to fit so we can have, some people call them life groups or small groups or house church, whatever you want to call it, um, house to house. But um, by and large, I think that the... The old way of doing ministry really is dying, and I think it's probably a good thing. I think it's something that was not a part of the early church, and it's, uh, it's more performance-based uh, than it is relational-based. And let's just be honest, the better performers get the more people because we're a consumer-based society. Everybody's, everybody listening? Everybody's cool? If I, if I offend you, just raise your hand real quick so I know. I, no, I know, I know she wasn't for that. <laughs> she was already waving before I said that. Uh, but it's true, and we've got, we're going to have to be more engaged uh, in the worship services. I'm not talking about for this morning. I just mean in general. It can no longer be, you know, there's really good music, really good preaching, and we have to come in, not really be known, not really be seen, not really have community, and go back home the same way. Uh, you're going to see that model die, especially over the next 15 or 20 years, and I think it's a good thing. I think it's really good. I don't want churches to die. I don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but I mean that way of doing what they call ministry is really not ministry as much as program, and it's really a lot more about the almighty dollar than the almighty God, and the Lord's just done with it. And I think that people in this generation are being done with it. I mean, I, does anybody else, does that resonate with anybody else? I mean, people long, we have a, we were created, literally created for community. I put on Facebook this week, I was doing some studying and reading over the past several months and weeks. And when God created the earth, he said after everything that he created, it is good. And then it's good. And when he created mankind, he says it's very good. But before fall, before sin, before anything crept in, he did say one thing that was not good. The Bible says, and God saw that man was alone, that it was not good for man to be alone. We were literally designed for community, designed for relationship. And, and whether you're to yourself or you're not to yourself, a lot of that is more psychological. If you are, probably because you've been hurt and so you've put up walls. I've done it. I know what I'm talking about. I've actually done this. It's not something I've just studied, but I've done this where you put up walls and you keep to yourself because you've been hurt and you dare not trust somebody else because if you trust them, they can hurt you as well. A lot of people that come to church, especially this church, have been hurt by churches, which is, which is uh, beyond me, uh, but it happens a lot. And, um, and you're designed and created for community. You, you want to be a part of something, and that's, that's okay. That's because uh, in the beginning you were a part of him. You've always been. You just didn't know that you always were. Uh, the Bible says that we were in him before the foundations of the world. And so um, you're going to see the model of church change uh, very, very rapidly over the next 15 or 20 years where there's not going to be these big box churches like Lowe's and Home Depot, but uh, they're going to cultivate community uh, where you can actually touch people and love people. Not, they're not throwing shade at churches that do whatever. God bless whoever's doing what they're doing. You know, like, it's like this. If they're for Jesus, I'm for them. 
uh, and whatever that looks like. Um, but I just mean by and large, people, people want to connect. And uh, so there'll be some opportunity for you to do that here in this church as well. Um, yesterday I took um, our family to the movie theater to see The Lion King. And let me just first say this. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but go see the movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes, Daddy. Right? Yes, Daddy. Yeah. Is that a big amen? Uh, we went with uh, Crystal Dillon's and her kids went with us. And uh, we took up a whole, we took up half the theater, you know. We, we both have 75 kids each. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, man, I, you know, I, I was almost apprehensive. I wanted to go, and we've been wanting to go for months. But I was a little apprehensive. I've been disappointed by the live-action movies. I'm a Disney fan. I like the Disney movies. I liked them before I had kids, if you want to know the truth. I liked The Little Mermaid and all that stuff growing up. Um, one of our friend's moms, Karen Condes' mom, used to buy um, all of the VHS cassettes. And I know many of you have no clue what that even is hard to believe and you I mean we were uptown when we bought the rewind machine do you remember the rewind machine the rapid rewind you put it in the machine and it rewound the tape for you and uh, we wore that thing out so we'd have to replace those um, but well that's good to see you you don't you don't ever have to apologize for being late let me ask you how you're feeling oh I know you did come up here and talk to us about it those, there were a few, was this, I think this was three weeks ago, but was it two? Uh, it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, because the Sunday after that I was here. You had to go to, to get your test done. Get that done. They cut out two of them, uh, they cut out two of the, uh, part of the tumors out of my stomach. Now for the next nine weeks, I still got to go back every three weeks, and they'll go in there and do it again, and plus that Keytruda that I take. Mm -hmm. And, um, but so far, so good. So far, no cancer right now? Uh, as of right now, the markers are showing negative. So, and, uh, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Uh, did it freak you out when they said that? Did it kind of freak you out a little bit? Well, you know, that's, this is my second blessing. Six years ago, I had uh, This is my second blessing because six, six or seven years ago, I had um, asbestos on my left lung was in for a lung transplant but at the time the medicine that I was taking I had to come off of it for a year and I couldn't even walk around I was on oxygen and everything pretty much bedridden mm -hmm. so this is my second blessing here because yeah. I didn't have to have a lung transplant and ended up coming through that God does things in threes so here's your third one Lord I thank you for not just healing but restoration for the stuff that they've cut out, Lord, there would be no residual pain for him and no residual problems in the name of Jesus. I declare it to be so for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome, man. Glad to hear that. That's good news. So far, negative. Let's just keep it in negative. I like that. Anyways, uh, I don't like the live-action stuff so much, uh, as much as the original, uh, the ones that have come out so far. I was disappointed by Jungle Book. Beauty and the Beast is pretty good, but I still like the cartoon. This one, I wept like a kid. I was glad we were on the back row because I was snotting and slobbering all over everything. It was, it's so good. It speaks to me spiritually. Uh, it also speaks to me personally after losing my father, you know, seven years ago. So, I mean, it's really intense. It's a really, really, really good movie. As a matter of fact, it's so good that I'm going to take Aftershock and see it this afternoon. Um, so, I'm, you didn't know? Well, now you know. Um, we're going to go to either Newton or we're going to go to uh, Wilkesboro. They've got the, uh, the little $4 theaters. I also have wisdom. <laughs> we're not going to Statesville at $27 a kid. Uh, 
But uh, I'm going to take them up there, and I want them to see it, and then we're going to talk about it on the way back. So um, the showings are at 4, so we're going to meet the church around 3, 3.15. Um, so those of you that can come, if you want to invite a friend, fine. However many we can pack in the van, we're all going to drive up, ride up together. If we need to drive an extra vehicle, Jake and some of the drivers can be here. But I want you to see it. Um, but um, it, it, it was really good. There's a few things I'll reference uh, later that were from the movie, but um, it's, it's already an instant all-time favorite of mine, and I'm very critical of movies. I'm not a big fan uh, of a lot of movies, but I, I like movies in general. I just, you know, they, gotta, they really have to do I, Today, it just seems like they just redo the same movie every time. Or the more the special effects, it's really not that good of a plot or twist. You know what's going to happen. It's just that, you know, the special effects are incredible. Remember back in the day when you actually had to be able to write to make a good movie? I'm showing my age, I know, I know. But you, I mean, you know the old movies where if you couldn't write or act, you can forget it because CGI was going to carry you the whole movie. <laughs> There's a young crowd in here today, apparently. Um, and I like the superhero movies and stuff, but, um, you know, I like, the, I like the good old stuff that you stuff. I have to be able to act to get it to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we left the movie theater yesterday, uh, Jacob was driving my truck because you know we got like 900 people in our family we can't ever fit in a single car and uh rachel and elizabeth and isaac and jason and i were riding my fj cruiser and uh we came up on interstate 40 and uh we just got past um the highway 90 exit which i think is 148 and you know the, the crazy rainstorm came kind of out of nowhere so we were we were we were only going about 50 55 and their cars in front of us kept slamming on their brakes. And that's the worst thing you can do in rainstorms to slam on your brakes. I don't know why you don't learn this in driver's ed, but you don't want to do that. But the car in front of us kept doing it, so I was just going to ease over into the other lane to get around them, not to pass them, but just so I didn't wreck. And when I did, we hydroplaned. Spun my car I don't know how many times. And we wound up going about 75 yards down the interstate and wound up with my, uh, the three cables that they have now. Two of the cables went over top of my tire and wheel, and one of them went underneath. And so I don't know how that happened, but I mean, I was just in there. We couldn't get out, and we're just inches from the passing lane, but we're facing the wrong way, and there's just traffic. And, they, and I don't know what it is about people that don't stop for that or get in the other lane, but they're just flying down the road. Rachel's screaming uh, back behind me. Isaac was directly behind me. He had jerked the headrest off of my chair. Jason was behind uh, Elizabeth. He was screaming. Elizabeth got shaken up, and then when she saw them, they were all shaken up. And uh, I, I don't, you know, I can normally handle accidents. It, it appears to be a thing that happens with me a lot is accidents. I don't know what that is, but uh, I had a couple of wheels fall off my truck randomly last year. And uh, every time we go to West Virginia, uh, something breaks down. So I kind of get used to either breakdowns or stuff wrecked, but I've never had it happen with my family that I remember. It's the first time Rachel had been in it, and she was just squalling. And um, we called uh, Highway Patrol, and as usual, about 35 or 40 minutes later, they decided to show up. Um, I know they're busy, but my God, you got some. And I said, look, we're in oncoming traffic. It's raining. These people are not slowing down. If one more person hydroplanes, they could hit us head on. They're going to kill us. I need you to get here. And it was really too heavy of rain for me to get them out, try to get across the highway up into the woods. Um, I had called my sister Rebecca who came so we could put the little ones, at least the little ones, in, in her car and get them to safety. And uh, I told the police that, they, that we were going to do it. And he said, that's fine. And uh, then Jacob came back and took Elizabeth and Rachel and took about an hour and 40, maybe an hour and 45 minutes or so for them to finally, another wrecker had to come and get the, uh, get the car uh, because they had to, it was just crazy all the stuff they had to do, stop traffic on 40. Um, I made idle firewire for the first time, yay, <laughs> hopefully the only time. <laughs> and uh, 
um, I stood there with the officer, and well, he, you know, gave him my registration papers and stuff. And I had just gotten my car out of the shop, what, two or three weeks ago, Tim, or something like that. Because um, I'd hit a, a deer um, several months back and just did a little bit of damage, and I was going to have him do the paint job on the, on the roof and fix it up, and they did. And went, to, uh, went on to my phone, because we have, I won't name the company, we have insurance, and I've got an app on my phone to get help to come. And then when I pulled it up, I was going to get the roadside assistance. We've had the same company for a long time, and um, I couldn't get through. And then my phone went blank, and then it said, no coverage, no coverage, no coverage on this car, which I have a lien against, which I know is not true. And so I'm like, I've got coverage on this. No, you don't. I said, yes, I do. Well, your policy renewed in July. You do not have full coverage on this car, they tell me. It was great. It was real good. It was a good time. I said, how did you drop coverage? You didn't notify me. I've only ever had one claim. It was like 20, 24, 2700 bucks. Um, and then the officer came to me and cites me for unsafe speed. And I said, sir, I was going like 50, 55 max. I said, I didn't. I wasn't speeding. I said, I was trying to switch lanes because the car in front of me was slim on the brakes. He said, you need to just be quiet because I've done you a favor. Not, I'm not kidding. This was a great day. It was a real good day. Um, I really am going somewhere with this. This is not a pity story. I just want to tell you about the day. And so uh, he was about 23 or 24, so I could tell he was green and kind of dumb, and like a lot of them are when they first get there. <laughs> you know, he, he was apparently just graduated patrol school. And, he just, and I mean, I, I was nice. I just I kind of, he said, look at me, look at me. I said, no, sir, I, I can hear what you're saying. You know, I mean, just, you know. I, I'll be honest with you, I wanted to get out and clothesline the guy. You can be completely honest. I did. I wanted to put him in. I wanted to put him in the figure four and Ric Flair him a little bit, you know, and yell "woo" while I was doing it. Uh, but I mean, because I'm human, just like you are. I know some of you super spiritual people would have been praying a healing for him. I didn't want to pray. I wanted to lay hands on him for something else. I did. I mean, it's the truth. But I did, and I kept. You know, I just kept breathing through it, and I'm like, I cannot believe this guy's actually. I said, "Sir, how are you citing me?" Um, Anyways, get out of the car, and then the little red ants climb up on my feet, my broken foot, because I've been having to wear flip-flops because I broke my foot last week. And uh, they chewed my feet up, and I'm just like, what else? I'm, I'm the, and I'm at this, but normally by this point, I'd be like, God, are you trying to tell me something? But I know God doesn't teach us by catastrophe, but he can teach us through catastrophe. Um, so then they finally load up my car. They had to puncture my front tire to get it out of the cables, and they finally did, so... It wasn't a rollback. It was one where, you know, two of the wheels stay on the road. The other two go on the back like a, a wrecker. So he got the rear wheels up on and put a dolly, which has two wheels that go in between your tire on both sides. And finally gets, he said, can I stop up here and get a drink? I said, sir, you've done great. Do what you need to do. No problem. Well, you can go ahead and pay this, which since my insurance, I just figured they would reimburse me if I take them to court and get them to actually pay. So I paid them their money. And then we get about two more miles up the road. The dolly explodes. <laughs> he goes, pop. And I mean, I'm not exaggerating. The piece went like 60 feet in the air. I mean, it was at least as high as this church. Um, and there was a Corvette behind us. Think it, it got stopped just in time. Pieces just flying everywhere. My car's just doing this all over the road. More plastic pieces. Um, and I just, I, I did kind of look out the window like, you do remember me, right? Like, I've been a good boy for the most part. Uh, Anyways, it just so happened a few minutes later, Mom was going down that road and said, do you need help? Are you in another wreck? And I said, well, kind of. She took me home. When I got to the house, uh, I immediately, I said, I need to get home. I want to be with Rachel and Jason. I had get, got them taken home. And Rachel was shaking for probably, what, where's Rebecca? She's a, a good hour, hour and a half. Um, Jason was too. And I'm literally visibly, visually shaking. And um, this is the first accident they'd been in. So I wanted to get my hands on them and... Um, 
So I went and hugged them, loved on them a little bit, and then I went back to my room just to sort of breathe and say, okay, what is this? You know, I mean, it's too much stuff. You know, there's more stuff I could tell you that's happened through the week, but that's enough. And, um, and just this past seven, six or seven days, there's just been crazy, haywire, weird stuff. A lot of other stuff, some things that have been said about me that, um, that aren't true, that, are, that were very hurtful. But so we fast forward, I go back there, we'll go outside and... Uh, the, the tow truck goes by my house, so they're coming back, and Rachel comes out, and she says, uh, have they already painted it and fixed it? <laughs> you know, because she's six. Come up here. She's going to be seven tomorrow. You believe that? Seven years old tomorrow. So because she's going to be seven, we do what we call small birthday parties. Come over here, baby. We do them small because, if, you know, if we didn't, it, then we would feel like we would commit ourselves to, like, 200 birthday parties a year. And we don't ever, anyone think that we invite you over to a birthday party because you have to bring a gift. So we essentially cousins. And so she did a birthday party on Friday. So the, uh, the wrecker finally gets there, and he, she sees the damage because she hasn't seen it. She goes, oh, that's going to cost a lot. I said, yeah, it's okay. It's just money. You know, I'm just thinking, you know, you're fine. And she said, uh, tell you what, Daddy, I want to give my $45 that I got for my birthday to help fix your car. Right. That's what I did, too. That's a lot of money, $45. You know how many pieces of bubble gum and baby dolls you can buy with that? You can go sit down now. And uh, when she said it, you know, it's very, it's cliche to say you can replace stuff until it's your stuff that's broken and it's your several thousand dollars you're going to have to pay for after you've just paid it and things kind of stack up after a while. But then I went back inside and uh, I was just praying and kind of more, more contemplative prayer. She was just sort of thinking about the day. And, uh, and for 30 minutes we sat in that car with... I wouldn't say the word morons, but people going 70 and 75 miles an hour facing us in rain. And at any moment, we were within inches of, of a head-on collision. It didn't happen. You know, God saw fit to protect. <sighs> this ain't real preachy, but this is where I am, so I'm sorry that it's not preachy. He saw fit to protect my wife and my kids. And me, yeah. Probably more for their sake, but. We didn't have a single scratch. Literally not a scratch. We've got people in this church, including Eddie that's here. I think he's here. I thought I saw him walk in who almost died years and years and years ago in an accident. We have Daniel who's here. I don't know if he's here, but he, you know, he was in that motorcycle accident. Thank, thank you for those that are helping with the medical bills and stuff. And, you know, it could have been a lot worse than it was. I'm not trying to give you a pity. I want to tell you about how good God is. Um, <laughs> have you ever wanted to punch a cop? God, that's horrible. But I did. I did. I support them and I love them, but man, I didn't want to that day. This was my day when I finally got home and read some of my stuff. Uh, their lives weren't touched. One of the scenes in the, in the movie, I'm going to try to tie this together real quick and then you know, we can see what God wants to do. One of the scenes in the movie of The Lion King that's not in the original, but it's not giving away the movie or anything, is uh, after Simba uh, wants to prove himself to his father, and uh, Scar, who is the enemy, wants to set him up for death. You know, the Bible says your enemy, the devil. I want to be very clear, he's not God's enemy. Did you know that? <laughs> I mean, seriously, how can God have enemies? Who can challenge God to anything? 
Your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion. And adversary literally just means accuser. Devil means accuser. Your adversary, the accuser, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so in the movie, Scar is following Simba in this gorge. And he says, uh, what are you bringing me here for? He said, this is the place where lions develop their roar. And that, that, that went through my mind again and again and again and again. This is where lions find their roar. What the enemy of deception and manipulation went for harm and meant for harm is the place where you develop your ability to defeat him. In Luke 4, verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. I want to say this, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Now, to give you context, Jesus has just come. He has not started his ministry yet, but he comes and John looks up on the banks of the Jordan River and says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away, I want to be very clear, takes away the sin of the world. Jesus comes down into Jordan. The name Jordan means death or descending. He steps into a place of descending. And he says, uh, John, you need to baptize me. And John says, I need you to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, we have to do this to fulfill our righteousness. Because he was going to fill and sew up the Mosaic law. And John baptizes him. He comes up. And the Bible says when he comes up that the Spirit of God descended and lighted upon him like a dove. And the heavens were opened. And the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And yay, 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 yay. It's wonderful. It's, Jesus is full of the Spirit. Now he's been publicly announced as this is the Son of God. This is the one. And immediately Jesus, full of the Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. You would think being filled with the Spirit, now let's go celebrate, man. Let's go heal some people. Absolutely not. Let's first go develop your roar. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Now, if, if I were to say this temptation towards me in 2019, it would be, and the devil said, you can punch that police officer. It's <laughs> supposed to be a joke. Right in the face. And I said, it is written. And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain in its glory, for it has been handed over to me. Just like to clarify one thing, the devil's a liar. <laughs> Nothing's handed over to him. He's the owner of nothing. He's a defeated foe. Therefore, if you worship me, it shall all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said, love this, it is said. The first two times that he replied to the enemy, he said, it is written. But the last time he said it is, a, it is said, there is a difference between the written word and the preceding word. But what I mean is Jesus literally said, not only is it written about me, but what is written is about me. So as the word of God, I say. 
There comes a time when you stop quoting what was said and you say, let the Spirit of God proceed through you and say, hey, I've already said what's written, now I'm going to tell you what is. As sons and daughters of God, you have that authority. That's how we have the authority to make sure cancer doesn't ever come back to your body, sir. When I prayed for you and kind of punched you in the stomach, I wasn't trying to punch you, but, but infirmity is a spirit, and, and the spirits are subject to the Spirit of God. And so I was told to do that, and I did, and he won't come back. When the devil had finished every temptation, he left him for a short time. When Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread throughout all the surrounding district, Luke makes a profound observation that Jesus was filled with the Spirit before the wilderness, but he only returns in the power of the Spirit after the wilderness. Why? Because Jesus needed to go into the temptation, into, into the ravine to develop his roar. The dunamis, the explosive, miraculous power of God, that's what Jesus returned in. Many of us have his Spirit, and I believe with the Spirit you receive uh, the ability to do certain things, but I believe those abilities have to be matured. For instance, every spirit is subject to the Spirit of God. And so last week or two weeks ago or whatever it was, what, what is your name? It's not, what is your name? Billy, that's right. When Billy came up here, uh, I had no problem saying to cancer, you're, going, you're not coming back in his body. Because that spirit is subject to the spirit in me, not the spirit of Joshua, but the Holy Spirit, which is one with, with my spirit. Because I've not only been, uh, have his spirit upon me, but his spirit is in me. I've been baptized in his spirit, and now mine is one with his. So when the Father says, tell the spirit of infirmity out, it has to listen. Does this make sense? This isn't preachy. I hope you still come back next week. We'll see if we can get a little bit more um, organ sounds next week and get you real excited. But for this week, I feel like maybe I'm not the only one that's been... Completely, I told him, i be honest with you, I was supposed to go see Bill Johnson last night. I like Bill Johnson. I hope you do. Uh, he was down at Chavda's place last night, and uh, my plans were to go for weeks and weeks and weeks now, but I wasn't leaving the kids last night. And I texted Marie and said, uh, bring something home for all of us. I would have been there because there was a small group that went. And she said, uh, I definitely will or something like that. I said, look, I'm a little overwhelmed right now. I don't really know if I'm a, I don't want to say anything tomorrow. Um... um because I'm a human being just like you're a human being. You know, I'm, I don't know if every, I wish every preacher would just be that way and stop acting like you're some kind of superhero because most people see right through it anyways. Preachers aren't super, they're not superhuman. You know, preachers are just preachers, you know. The ones that I know were the ones that lived in my house. My dad lived with Charles Johnson overseas, lived with Sidney Smith overseas, and they bled just like I bled. Their pants got on like mine, shirts took off like mine, and if you said stuff bad about them long enough, it hurt them. Well, I've been through weeks of that and I've completely depleted, except the Lord said, you, weren't, you were never left in this. It is true, metal and plastic can be replaced. It might take, it might take a little of time, you know? I, don't know. I don't know the extent of the damage, but it can be replaced. But that little baby, did you see her down here worshiping this morning, spinning around, dancing before the Lord? You can't put a price on that. If something had happened to her, I'd be completely distraught this morning and not even able to get up here. But nothing happened. Nothing happened to Jason. Not to suggest that if something did happen to you, God wasn't with you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling you for me, I have to find comfort in the fact that, hey, look, stuff can be replaced, but I still got my family, and she seems to be doing just fine. Jason does too. I'll tell you a joke that Jason told me. 
Okay, maybe I'll save it for later. Science has proven that a lion's roar can be heard up to five miles away. It's the loudest roar of any cat, reaching up to 114 decibels, and it announces the presence of the king of beasts, and it leaves no doubt in the minds of all within earshot that the king is present. Some of you are not going through something just because you're going through it. Some of you are going through what you're going through to develop your roar. There's an old word that Pentecostals, which I am, uh, used to use. You don't hear it heard so much anymore, but the word is the unction. You ever heard the word unction? My dad used to talk about the unction to function. And it's, it's an overwhelming spiritual desire inside that takes over your, your flesh, and you go and do what you have an unction or a pulling to do. That is developing your roar. And when that roar takes over, you can whisper and say everything you need to say without yelling or screaming or announcing yourself. I really believe, if I didn't believe it, I would not be here anymore. I wouldn't be here in Statesville. I, I certainly wouldn't be here on Shady Rest Road. But I think it's prophetic that we went from Warrior Drive to Shady Rest Road. <laughs> I believe that Statesville will be synonymous with the glory. I know you've heard me say it. And I believe that before it happens corporately, it's going to happen individually. And I believe that it, I'm seeing the flicker of that flame in so many of you, if not all of you, and it grows on a weekly basis. And my job is to make sure that I can bring whatever breath the Spirit has given me and breathe and blow oxygen upon that flame until it gets brighter and brighter and brighter until ultimately there aren't multiple little tiny fires, but we all become one blazing inferno. And we burn out everything that the enemy has planned for this city and say, no, you're not going to have your way, but we go into the heavenly places, which is where the warfare is. Not God's warfare. His warfare is completed, but yours ain't. And we declare the victory that Jesus has already won on our behalf, pulling down principalities and powers, rulers of spiritual wickedness in high places. When that happens, Statesville will be synonymous with the glory, and it's only going to happen when enough of us, a company of people, develop our roar. And that only happens in the fire. It only happens in the ravine. It only happens in the place where nobody sees you. If you develop your roar where nobody hears you, once it's developed, everyone will hear you. It's funny, he says, uh, he says to Simba, not just it's the place where the lions develop their roar. He said, look up, and Simba looks up, and you know. It looks so much like the, the animated. It's insane how well they did. And he looks up, and you can see the, the plateaus, the cliffs on either side. And he said, when your roar can reach above that, you know you've developed it well. I want to ask you, how, 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 how much you, have you been working on developing your roar? You get put in the fire, you get put in the... In places like this, you, where really the question is, what in the world is this all happening for? Why is this happening? How are so many things happening in a short amount of time? You don't look at it as, a long, long time ago, don't look at it as, why is this happening to me? But what am I supposed to be learning through this? And here's what I'm learning. Is, uh, as long as the, God's got me here in Statesville, my family and I, uh, you're going to hear us roar. And sometimes it might sound like a whisper, but I can promise you, I can promise you this. Every demon in hell that hears my voice is, is terrified. 
because it might be my vocal cords, but it's the voice of my father that's behind it. Doesn't make me special. You have the same thing. I'm not suggesting that I'm some sort of super Christian. I told you already, I just kind of wanted to body slam a cop yesterday, so I'm not that super yet. But I'm also real, and I think that, that terrifies the enemy as well. What is being developed in you? Christian, what, what is being developed in you? What are you releasing in your community? What are you releasing at your workplace? I don't really have a whole lot more this morning. Hope you don't feel disappointed. This is what was on my heart. This is what I wanted to share. And Marie said six or 700 people went through last night, and Bill Johnson touched every one of them. It made me so mad. But he's only like 5'7 or 5'8. Who knew that? 5'8, five, 5'9. Five, Not that that's a bad thing, but I always thought he was like 6'5. <laughs> Marie, did you have something you want to share before I close this out? You don't have to. If you had something. I felt like you were pressing a little bit earlier, and I didn't want to cut you off, but. Um, I'll just I'll just share a little bit about um, last night because it was it was really um, encouraging to hear what they were saying and um, so I went um, we went down there with with a few friends and um, it's it's Bill Johnson and then Mahesh Chavda is the name of the guy whose church is there and um, Bill really didn't he wasn't scheduled to speak he actually ended up giving he he spoke for about twenty minutes. Um, right before they took up the offering for Mahesh. And I thought it was amazing that um, here's this guy who's, you know, world-renowned. He goes and speaks everywhere, but he'll humble himself to give an offering message, an offering speech for someone he's connected with. And it was really good, and he talked about um, giving and giving from honor and um, how when we give from honor, we can... Um, it. Honor, he said, um, honor silences um, the voice of things that come against you and it releases life. When you honor something, the, the Bible verse that says, um, children, honor, honor your father and mother and the Lord. And um, talking about how that will, um, that will release life. But he, um, he, he, he gave this, he gave, he gave his little spiel and then he, um, he really um, talked about how this is a season for... Um, breakthrough and for favor and then he kind of stood up and he um, prayed for everyone and he and he said within 30 days he said for the next 30 days I release unprecedented um, breakthrough and favor for every family every person here every church that's connected and um, and, and and so I, re I received that I received that for this church and for this family and because you guys are my family, and so you, I'm connected to you as family. So whatever was released, God, in the name of Jesus now, God, I impart it, God. We, we connect and we knit, Father, to um, the declarations and to the impartation, God, that was given, God, from Bill Johnson, God. And everyone that will, God, everyone that willing, is willing to receive, God, I impart now, God, as a family as a, as a family of believers, God, as a leader in this church, Father, I say that True Vine... Truvine will be will will experience breakthrough. Truvine will experience favor. Every family that is connected to Truvine will experience favor and will experience breakthrough. And because of this unprecedented release, Father, within the next 30 days, God, your glory will begin to come and will begin to fill this place. 
Thank you, Jesus. And then the other thing um, that was very, very encouraging to me was um, Mahesh Chabda. Now, he's the um, pastor of the church. This is in Fort Mill, so they're in the, the Charlotte region. And um, he got up and he just talked about um, how there's been such a, a pressing and such a contending in their body for the glory of the Lord to be released in this region. And I said, really? Because that's exactly what we've been contending for. And um, he said that he felt like over the next, for the course of the rest of this year, that um, especially that there would be um, an increase in um, the angelic activity and that angels would be dispatched on our behalf to go and to do things and that with, with the glory comes the miraculous and that we as believers, everybody, everybody in that place as believers has authority to be able to, you can, he gives his angels charge over you. You have authority. Josh prays every, every time we pray, we pray in, that, in um, the green room before service. He says, I release the angelic host into the atmosphere. I release angels into the atmosphere right now to come into this place. And he, he has authority as a believer to do that. Every single one of us has the authority to do that. But it's very encouraging to hear um, that it's not just, it's not just, sometimes I think we feel insulated, like it's just true, and we're just standing up saying, states will be synonymous with the glory of God, and it's just us. And sometimes it feels like that. But God has believers in this region. He has churches. He has pillars in this region who are there, and they're contending with they're contending with us even when we don't know it. And so um, just be encouraged by that, that there are, um, there are more with us than there are against us, and there always will be. And um, so just receive whatever impartation that you, that you feel from that or that you get from that, whatever you want to connect to, go ahead and connect to that because I believe that the, um, the, the, the anointing is commutable, it's transferable, and you don't have to be right there to get what was there. You're going to stand right there, not admit the microphone. If you want to, whoever will, you're just going to come through. All she's, she's not going to stop and prophesy and pray for you 17 minutes, but she's going to stand on one side, a Christian on the other. Just walk through, and as they put their hands on, everything that should have been imparted, I still believe on uh, the ecclesia laying on of hands. And so as you come through, they're just going to place their hands on you, and then if you want to worship for a while, you want to go home, whatever. I just, I just heard the Lord uh, say, have them line up, and you can be on one side, a Christian on the other, as they walk through, and I'll be down there as well. We're just going to put our hands on you briefly. Um, walk on through, make room for everybody else. Let's line up right there. If you don't want to do it, it's no problem, no harm, no foul. If you want the impartation, you better get up here. You can just walk through. We're not going to keep you all day.